Welcome to Catholics Across the Aisle, the podcast of the Florida Conference of Catholic Bishops, offering commentary on public policy and civic life. This is Michael Sheedy, Executive Director of the Conference. This is Michael Sheedy. I'm the Executive Director at the Florida Conference of Catholic Bishops. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Catholics Across the Aisle, the conference's podcast. Uh, Today, I'm very pleased to be joined by Lorraine Brown. She is the Chief Mission Integration Officer at Ascension Florida and Gulf Coast. Lorraine, thank you for being with us. Michael, it is a pleasure to be with you here today, and I look forward to our conversation as we really distinguish Ascension as a ministry of the church and looking at it as an opportunity to serve all people, especially those who are poor, who are vulnerable and in need. And I look forward to the conversation helping all people understand the gifts and the talents and the opportunities Ascension has to bring to the community. Well, good. Having served in the the predecessor to Ascension, I guess the Daughters of Charity National Health System way back in the day, I'm I have a special place in my heart for what you all are doing and who you are. So maybe for our listeners who are not that familiar with Ascension, you could give us a quick overview of the presence here in Florida and maybe more broadly, too. Absolutely. Ascension was formed in the year 2000, really, I guess, 1999 um, by the Daughters of Charity and the Sisters of St. Joseph. And really today, the participating congregations come together to form Ascension, and it includes other religious congregations like the Sisters of the Sorrowful Mother, the Alexian Brothers, and um, the Congregation of St. Joseph. So it's truly a Catholic health ministry that spans across the country um, from, gosh, we're in Tennessee, Texas, Indiana, Michigan, Alabama, and Florida and Gulf Coast. And the Florida and Gulf Coast ministry truly is um, the Catholic presence in the northern part of Florida for from a healthcare perspective. We have hospitals in Mobile, Alabama, actually, our Providence Hospital. Uh, over in Destin, Florida, our Ascension Sacred Heart Emerald Coast Hospital. We have a hospital in Pensacola, Ascension Sacred Heart in Pensacola. In Panama City, we have Ascension Sacred Heart Bay. And then a small hospital in Port St. Joe, Ascension Sacred Heart Gulf. And then over in the Jacksonville area, we have actually three hospitals and we're getting ready to open a fourth. So the Ascension St. Vincent's hospitals serve the community in Jacksonville. And we will be opening our Ascension St. Vincent's St. John's County Hospital in July. And we are blessed that Bishop Felipe Estevez will be celebrating our inaugural mass in the chapel there. Um, and so blessed to be able to open another hospital chapel for not only our patients, but our associates and physicians as well. So um, the market is a large market. We have nine hospitals now. We have um, the only children's hospital in Northwest Florida with our Studer Family Children's Hospital that's attached to the Sacred Heart Hospital. And we range in specialties from cardiology, neurosciences, orthopedics, oncology, women and children's, primary care. We have clinics across uh, the Northern Florida area, as well as freestanding emergency departments. So when you see the word Ascension in North Florida, 
um, you can feel confident that you're entering into a ministry of the church with mission and values that lift up the human spirit. Well, I love that you ended that little description with the focus on the mission. Maybe it would be good to say a little bit more about mission integration and, and your role and why it's really so important in Catholic healthcare and what maybe distinguishes it a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, we, we start with a mission and it's so easy to forget why we're here, but truly our mission is rooted in the loving ministry of Jesus as healer. And by Jesus' gospel message, we commit ourselves to serving all persons, especially those who are poor and vulnerable. And our Catholic health ministry is truly dedicated to spiritually centered holistic care. So we look at body, mind, and spirit, and we're advocates for a compassionate and just society through our actions and words. Now, how do you live that out? My role is to help facilitate that. And we do so through a number of experiences and um, environments, if you will. So when you think about entering into a Catholic hospital, you see art, symbols, crucifixes, the chapels in all of our health ministries, um, our mission and values very publicly displayed so that people know when they enter into an Ascension facility, this is who we are. And we don't hide behind that. We, we are a Catholic healthcare ministry and we serve all persons. We employ all persons. Um, above and beyond, we honor the dignity of the human person. And so through that environment, we assist in people understanding that. But mission integration is also um, some very technical things. We have an ethics department. So we honor the ethical and religious directives for Catholic healthcare services, which truly does lift up all the things we do as a Catholic health ministry. We honor um, the human person from conception to natural death. We honor life. We assure that we make good decisions that are based on our, our morals and Catholic social teaching. We honor the patient-physician relationship and all of the things that have um, to do with beginning of life and end of life surround our ethics framework. So um, in my area, we have an ethicist uh, who serves with us and, and managers and embedded ethics resources so that when an ethics issue comes up, we attend to that. We engage in dialogue and discernment. Um, another component of mission integration would be spiritual care, of course. We have chaplains that tend to the needs of our patients. Whatever faith tradition or no faith tradition, we honor the person and their spiritual needs. Um, many patients may not even know their spiritual need. And our chaplains can enter into a dialogue, a relationship to help meet any spiritual angst or existential angst they may have in their illness. And many times a physical illness only elevates our spiritual distress. And so when we have chaplains to attend to that, that's an important part of the healthcare team. The chaplains also attend to our healthcare professionals' needs. So particularly over the past few years, we've had associates and physicians in deep, deep distress. And those chaplains and the spiritual care team attends to that need for our patients and associates and our physicians as well. Um, the other element of mission integration would be what we call ministry formation. And so when a new associate or even a leader enters into Catholic healthcare, sometimes they're drawn to it. You know, like when I was um, 
fresh out of college, all I wanted to do was to work in Catholic healthcare. I was truly drawn to serve in a Catholic health ministry. But for others, they join the Catholic health ministry as a career, as a job. And so ministry formation helps people who work with us and for us find meaning and purpose in their work, identify the more than, you know, the holy in the workplace and helps us through understanding our relationship with ourselves, with others, with the wider world and with God. And we don't hide behind our identity. And yet we also serve all people and employ all people. Um, The other element is community outreach. And so we care for the poor and the vulnerable. And we do so by not only having a financial assistance policy that cares for the poor, but also outreach to the community through mobile health units, um, care for people in homeless shelters, or even outreach clinics in poor neighborhoods. So that explains just a little bit of what mission integration is. That is a lot to integrate and it's beautiful. I think, um, you know, most people may not be aware. I mean, people enter a hospital, they deal with the employees, but they don't realize how the Catholic identity seems to be just infused and not just the surroundings and the environment, but also the people that, that are working there and how they get the benefit of the formation, how when ethical issues arise, you know, the approaches that are taken are informed by the teachings of the church. Um, I love your plug for the ethical and religious directives. I, I hope anybody who's listening who's not heard of those, but has an interest in healthcare in any way, like they would be well served just to take a look. It's kind of great meditations on healthcare in addition to the directives that follow, but it's just kind of beautiful reflections on the church's ministry um, in this, in this important area. So I don't know. I love that. Um, I know um, you you mentioned like sort of that holistic approach to people, both people who work within the ministry, but also the people who are cared for in the broader communities, people as, uh, you know, unions of body, minds and spirits. For Catholics, we think of that, but um, I don't know, you know, people go to other hospitals, other health care organizations, they, they may not experience them the same way that, you know, that where they're considered in their fullness. Um, you know, have you... How have you seen this kind of play out in like maybe patient outcomes or the experience of the people you serve? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, it's hard to measure and we're so focused on measurement in our world today. Um, We actually have a couple of researchers in our spiritual care department at the national level. So when you think about um, the beauty of serving at an Ascension facility, We have access to resources all across the country, and there are spiritual care researchers that are actually doing research on the difference spiritual care makes in patient clinical outcomes. And it's clear, we've heard it before, right? Prayer changes outcomes or attending to the spirit changes patient outcomes, but um, there's some more rigor to it these days. Um, I would say that Catholic healthcare does help the people we serve see love. And by that, I mean, we distinguish ourselves by all the things I talked about, the art, the symbols, having a chapel, spiritual care. We also orient our associates to our mission, to our values, to help them understand that they might be the only love people see. And as people enter into an Ascension facility, 
whether it's a doctor's office or an urgent care facility or hospital, um, we truly might be the hands and feet of Christ to someone who is suffering. And when people are sick, and you might experience this, um, when you're not feeling your best self, you're not really yourself. If you have a fever, if you have an injury, if you have pain anywhere, you're not really your whole capacity. You can't really operate at 100%. So when you enter into um, healthcare system to get care, we hope to make that a little bit more palatable by saying, yes, we understand you. We want to offer you prayer, support, um, a look at how we can connect body, mind, and spirit in this healing, not only the physical component. That's really neat stuff, um, Lorraine. I think um, we're recording this in May of 2022, you know, hopefully on the other side of, you know, COVID. I mean, yes, it's still with us, but in a different way. I know um, Ascension, you know, was at the forefront, you know, treating patients with COVID. Um, I know, you know, I think some of the early memories I have of just reflecting on how tough it must be for people to be separated from loved ones by necessity, you know, in hospitals where they, you know, are possibly, you know, a lot of people died in hospitals. People were caring for people who were dying. People could not be with their loved ones. I know that it, it seems that taking that holistic approach, Ascension, you know, was not letting people just to their own. You know, they were they were providing holistic care, and I think it's pretty neat. Maybe you could share some of that experience. Um, you know, looking back, like this, some of that. I mean, as terrible as it was, there were some successes, I think, and, and things that that were done well. I mean, that are worth celebrating and highlighting. Well, uh, we have to acknowledge, yes, that the past two years were really devastating for healthcare as a whole. We, we couldn't be at our best because we were inundated with such sickness and such distress, not only the patients and the families, but our clinicians, our caregivers truly suffered. This was a heavy, heavy toll on the people who cared for our patients who came into the hospital sick with COVID or other related illnesses. And we did learn a lot. And it it was pretty incredible to see how our clinicians became resilient. I mean, that was the word we used. They were so resilient. And our our nursing officer would say, the nurses can't unsee what they saw through COVID. It's like etched in your brain. And, And we ended up having sessions following certain circumstances of debriefing, like crisis debriefing. Um, We tended to the needs of our peers. We tended to the needs of our clinicians through debriefing sessions or peer support sessions, or we acknowledged that they might need some um, counseling or some emergency services to assist them in, you know, getting back to some sense of normal and what's normal anymore you know, we're in it, we're in this new space that we haven't experienced before. Through COVID, we did have um, many opportunities to elevate how we care for the human person, especially early on when visitation was limited and we didn't know as much about the virus. We had to employ some really creative tactics 
by using iPads, you know, FaceTiming. We had our spiritual care team, our chaplains, truly um, interacting with patients, connecting to their family members through an iPad or through FaceTime uh, and providing that connection in that way. We definitely tended to those who were at the end of life in a very creative way. We um, allowed for sacramental ministry with our priests entering, you know, completely garbed up with, you know, the protective equipment so that we could tend to the spiritual needs of our Catholic patients from a sacramental perspective. And that was, uh, you know, tragic and beautiful at the same time. We also had a number of associates who were sick, who truly missed work. We kept people intact. We kept people um, out with their jobs intact. Uh, we weren't. We didn't need to let go of associates, but we did hold them true to uh, to their roles. But we did suffer through having so many associates out at one time. Um, I can remember back in August. Oh man, of 2021, I guess, when we had the Delta surge. And we um, had so many of our housekeeping staff who were out sick that a number of the leadership team went out to the hospitals and we jumped in and cleaned patient rooms, waiting areas, entrances to the hospitals, uh, because we had to do it. We had to do what needed to be done Mm -hmm. in order for our hospital to stay open and thrive and to support one another. And so I, gosh, I would say that when we think about the whole notion of solidarity, we truly did come together as a team with a lot of creative ideas, creative reflections. We prayed together in a deeper way and we suffered together in a deeper way. Well, what has been, what's the recovery been like? I mean, or are you, how would you, what kind of oh gosh, yeah. It's, it's or, I mean, is it fair to say recovery is happening or we're on the road to recovery? I would say that. Okay. Uh, you know, we've equipped our associates, not not only our nurses, but you know, all people serving in our ministry. We've equipped um them with a lot of well-being resources to help with the, I guess, the physiological and emotional recovery. Mm-hmm. Because COVID was as much a toll on our spirit and our bodies. We were fatigued. People were tired. And so we offered um, food in many ways. We offered free meals for our associates. We offered um, an app called WISA that associates could click into and get all kinds of resources, um, calming resources, meditations, sleep reflections, Um, breathing reflections and meditations, um, true like mental health checks. Like, you know, here's a checklist. If you're experiencing any of these symptoms, let's go to the next level and help you. And if if not, we can give you help. We can connect you with a resource. Uh, We also supported our um, caregivers with wellness rooms. So we gave them a space that they could go to if they were just so deeply distressed that they needed to take a break. And it wasn't like a break room where, you know, you have a lot of people milling around. It was more of a, a wellness room that had, you know, maybe a, a running fountain and some reading material and dim lights and just an opportunity to, 
take a step back and, and take some deep breaths for a few moments. And as we are recovering, uh, I think the whole country is in the same boat. We are finding our way back to, you know, what we would say a pre-COVID state where we want to encourage people to get health care. We don't want people to abandon their routine physical checkups. And if you need a procedure done, we want to make sure that you get in to get that procedure. So that is slowly happening. And we are working our way out of the depths, if you will. Mm-hmm. That's great. I think, uh, you know, probably a lot of lessons for all of us in the way that you mm-hmm. all have cared for your associates and the way associates are entering into their own self-care too. Um, looking at body, mind, and spirit, kind of getting back on track. Um, it's funny. I was at a meeting of thousands and attorneys and they were observing some of the changes they're seeing in schools and the schools going back more full time and some of the different behavioral issues that are arising with younger kids and more kids. And it's just people have been affected. And I think um, the way that you all have done this, I mean, yes, healthcare and care for people is kind of your expertise. It's maybe your charism, if you will. Uh, but, you know, there's something good for all of us to, to take in, I think. Um, you know, is there any advice, you know, if you, as you look out at people who are listening, you know, beyond just say the essential, any, any other points that you would, you would lay out there for us? Oh, absolutely. I think that many of us have not taken enough time to reflect, even to do something like keeping a gratitude journal or taking a quiet moment and asking God, like, where are you calling me? What are you asking of me? And more importantly, who am I? Who am I becoming? So I encourage all people to take the opportunity to focus on some quiet time. You know, silence is, is the best classroom ever. And we, we avoid it at all costs. It's too so, easy to avoid it. It's I know, too easy. I know. So taking some time for silence, truly taking the opportunity to focus on the good, focus on some really uplifting experiences or memories or things that bring you joy, whether it's a person or a relationship or a song that motivates you or a memory that you can evoke from the past that just lights you up. We truly want to invite people to consider things that give them joy, things that fill your cup. If you have a hobby, whether it's gardening or exercising or going out with friends, get back to some of those activities that bring you joy and nourish your spirit. I think our world is um, so dark right now that we need a little levity. So laughing, you know, finding a friend to laugh with, a funny story, and sharing that with one another. Certainly children do the, you know, the best because they give us that spirit of wonder and intrigue and joy. And we want to recapture that for ourselves. I think that we want to encourage our associates in all of those things, but I'd say it's good for everyone. And developing some kind of a spiritual practice, you know, whether that is 
silence or a certain kind of a rote prayer or a heart prayer, or even something like Lexio Divina, um, certainly paying attention to an opportunity to retreat away is always good for our body, mind, and spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, neat. Great, great thoughts, I tell you. Um, I'm trying to listen pretty hard, Lorraine. I, I appreciate it. This is good stuff. Take it. So, um, well, I'm wondering, you know, is there anything else you just want to share with folks who are listening, just uh, maybe on Ascension um, or your own place of joy? What's what's getting you pot fired up these days? Um, oh, goodness, uh, Michael. I, I get fired up about a lot of things. <laughs> okay. I would say... Um, Man, if you haven't been to the doctor lately, please, you know, see your primary care physician and get that checkup. Um, For women, you know, if you're over uh, the age of 40, get your mammogram. Um, Make sure you have those screenings that are available for your age group. Ascension can help with that. We have a very easy to use website, healthcare.ascension.org. You can type in your zip code and, and find a primary care doctor or a specialist. I think that we tend to ignore our own maintenance of our own health, especially when a crisis is in our life. We tend to think, you know, all of this other stuff is happening. I can't, I can't focus on my need, but truly if we're going to be of service to the world, we have to care for ourselves. So whatever that is for you, um, exercising, eating healthy, um, finding joy in small moments, small encounters. I love uh, Pope Francis and his encounter mentality. You know, every encounter matters. Mm-hmm. And if we consider that every encounter is an opportunity to be a light, then wow, what a great world we live in. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, Lorraine, uh, it's been a pleasure to speak with you today. Um, thank you for joining me uh, in this conversation. Um, I think our listeners will have appreciated it too. So it's great to have you, Lorraine Brown, Chief Mission Integration Officer at Ascension Florida and Gulf Coast. Again, thank you for your long collaboration with the conference, that of your colleagues too. Um, we're so grateful uh, to be working with you here in Florida. It's a pleasure, Michael. And thank you for the work you do with the Florida Catholic Conference. Uh, it's great to have an advocate caring for those in need. Thanks so much, Lorraine.